Hello and welcome to episode three of Marito's course project, step number three. We are already in week three of this assignment and I am feeling like I'm starting to become more accustomed to talking to my phone because <laughs> that is what I'm using to record this and it seems to go pretty well. Um, and I am learning quite a bit in discussing this out loud. Um, and today we are going to discuss qualitative and observational research. Um, those are from the two chapters we read. Um, question number six from chapter six is kind of going to be discussing the qualitative research. And question number seven, chapter seven, is focused on observational. So the first question is asking us to assume that we are the manufacturer of small kitchen electrics. And they want us to determine if some innovative designs with unusual shapes and colors developed for European markets could be successful in, your, in, in the US markets. And what qualitative research would you recommend? Well, first off, European design is considered unusual in shape and color, but it's innovative. And I wonder if that's focusing on the practicality of the design, and that's unknown really from the question, but that's something I would definitely ask in some of my, uh, my analysis and some of the questions or um, focus groups that we talk about later. But um, so... Some of the qualitative research is definitely useful. Um, we can use it for deciding if we want to enhance products. We can look at sales analysis, um, understand processes better. And I think in the, this case, I think we definitely um, want to kind of look at the the kind of the kind of almost a product redesign, if you will, because we are talking about maybe changing unusual or changing the shape of the design to something unusual and um, unusual and different colors. It could all, it could all ruin the, the sale of the product. So it's good to know what, what and who we're going to be selling to. So it would be good to use a qualitative research tool like a focus group, I think, in, in this in this example. And, of course, we would want to keep that at 25 or, or less people. Um, that way it would stay kind of as a uh, qualitative research design. And I think that these focus groups would be great to to gather data from, from each participant within the group and kind of observe them through tools of, you could record them with videos and um, you, could, you could even analyze the data very quickly, I think. Um, behaviorally, you could study artifacts or trace evidence that come up during the, uh, during the study. And I think the goal of to do all this, of course, you want this to go smoothly is you got to have, um, 
I think, great participants in the study. And I think one way to do that is to design a recruitment screening process. And I think that would be great for this question here is to make sure your participants have great language and social skills and, um, you know, they have the information necessary. They actually, they actually cook, they actually use, you know, kitchen appliances like blenders and, and mixers and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and so to get people in there that actually use the, the electrics is, I think is, is big. And, um, in, in order to do that, you need to go through a recruitment screening process and develop questions, you know, and one way to do that is to look at exhibit six dash seven. And that deals primarily with, um, an upside down pyramid and the top of the pyramid is talking about broad issue. So that is what do participants considered entertaining in this example? We're talking about movies in this example. Um, the next step in the pyramid, the upside down pyramid, is narrow to one topic. So once you know what they consider entertaining, well, what type of movie do participants consider most entertaining? And then you narrow that topic again. What do participants find most entertaining about action movies? Because we now know what type of movies the participant likes. And then you narrow it one more step. Within action movies, how do the computer-enhanced or computer-generated action sequences contribute to the movie's entertainment experience? So that's right from the um, exhibit in 6-7 of the text, of uh, Schindler's text here. And so that's how you would kind of want to, I guess, lead the participants in questioning to kind of screen them. And then once the participant passes or fails your screening process, you need to, you know, have them prepared. Like um, if, the, if you accept them, then make sure that you have them, you know, maybe pre-task, um, think about, you know, have them think about what they're about to, to be a part of if you feel like that's necessary. Or um, if, they're, if they don't pass your screening process, then let them down gently and tell them that, you know, maybe next time they would be used in a study for future um, processes. So that kind of tackles question number six, I think. We can move to question number seven now, and this is focusing on Amazon's Kindle. You know, the electronic book, magazine, and newspaper reader. Um, I have one. You may have one, too. But <clears throat> this has been far more successful than its Sony competitor. Um, a lot of people think that could be influenced by the Oprah factor, um, which that's because Kindle was first introduced on Oprah, and, and it was endorsed heavily by the mega mogul. But unfortunately, the original Kindle had some physical problems. The button placement and page turn speed among a few of them. Correcting these problems resulted in the Kindle 2, released in 2009 to glowing reviews, and ultimately... Um, the Kindle Fire. So what observation research might have been used in the, in the redesign of the original Kindle? Well, um, I think that it comes down to basically how could they have figured out that the Kindle was, you know, 
designed poorly from the first original um, design. If you look, I mean, you look through what an observation is. I mean, you're using your senses. So that means that basically observers of this research would use watching, listening, touching, smelling, and even reading skills, I think, to study, um, you know, databases or which would be quantitative research. Maybe there was some quantitative research that led to some qualitative research here. And they decided to start observing their, you know, their, their clients or their, their consumers. Um, I'm sure they probably use things like, you know, research and video cameras and, and recordings like that to observe reactions of the physical product when it was being used. And it's probably best for Amazon to use non-behavioral observations. So record analysis. So you're looking at historical data from like past participants on forums, what they said about the product. So that's historical data. You could just look at the physical condition. So just look at where they're at. I mean, where is it selling well? Is it, uh, how are, how are people using the product as far as, you know, do they look frustrated when they're using it? Um, you could look at actual studies on the product too. Um, process analysis is another part of this, um, which is kind of a, a, the time motion flow of things. And I feel like this is probably how they discovered the uh, page turn speed dilemma here. And so those are some things that observational data can research that could have been used here. And they could have also used some other things that are kind of questionable that I think companies use. And I think it's probably the best thing because everyone worries about um, participant bias and I think here we have um, an opportunity for um, observer concealment, and that's great. I mean, that could provide an easy an easy way for your participants not to become biased and change their behavior. Um, well, there are some ethical concerns that you need to watch out for if you're going to do that. You need to ask yourself, would this participant... Um, still participate in this study if they didn't know that you were observing them, you know, things like that. So it's something to be aware of and something to be cautious about. Um, but that is kind of where most of the, uh, the research kind of, kind of led me to. Um, that was the ethical concerns I found on page 161. And when I went through the record analysis, physical condition analysis, and process analysis, I found that in page 154 of Schindler's text. And I think that kind of wraps it up for tonight. Um, I hope to follow this up um, next week with an even better um, podcast presentation. So thank you for listening, and I hope you have a good week. Mm-hmm.